leading us and appreciate the good way we've been led in worship up to this time. Thank you, Brother James, for earlier reading from Titus 2. There's a statement there in Titus 2, verse 10, 11, that says, The grace of God has appeared. The grace of God has appeared. That'll be our focus this morning. The grace of God has appeared. If you had decent parents growing up, first of all, they probably lowered the boom on you several times, and you probably deserved it. I remember one time I got whipped because I enjoyed my brother getting whipped. My mother said, you shouldn't have enjoyed that so much, so I got whipped. They were all good. I needed more than what I got. But also, if you have good parents, they're going to show quite a bit of grace to you. And I'm sure you can remember some times when you should have gotten the boom and you got grace. I remember when I first started driving, I drove my dad's old cars. I was driving one of his 1955 two-door post cars. I was coming home from school and work and and um, Oak Hill Cemetery Road connects Highway 78 in Jasper to Highway 5. We lived on Highway 5, so it's Oak Hill Cemetery Road. It was called Oak Hill Cemetery Road because Oak Hill Cemetery was right there. I was coming there, and I got to the end. I was looking both ways. There was a lady in front of me, and she had a clear way. So she started going, and then for some reason she stopped, and I hit her in the back. And so... There was steam coming out from under the hood of my car, but she jumped out, she looked at her bumper, she says, I'm good, and she ran off. And what had happened with, with Dad's car was the battery, where the battery was uh, stationed uh, at the bump, it fell off into the, into the flywheel, and there was battery acid and steam going everywhere. But I got home, and Dad was at the kitchen table and I was just dreading it. My feet were like lead. You can imagine having to go in and tell him. And he just, um, he said, well, let's just get up and go look at it. He looked at it and he just kind of started laughing. He called my brother over and they started laughing. I said, I guess you'll look closer next time, won't you? But he didn't make a big deal. I didn't ever hear another word about it other than just, just getting it fixed and him continuing to laugh at me about it. He showed a lot of grace uh, that day. So I decided to look at this lesson on grace and try to bear it down sort of from this angle. That is, what if, what if someone was pondering sincerely about the grace of God? They really wanted to know about it. What if somebody came and asked you to share a few thoughts, initial thoughts about the grace of God? And so I decided this morning to use the letters in the word dad, D-A-D, to look at the idea of grace. The grace of God has appeared. And so think along with me just for a few minutes about grace and the letters D-A-D, D-A-D. First of all, the grace of God is described for us. So the word described with the letter D. The grace of God is described for us. Okay. 
First of all, it's described as something very simple. The grace of God simply means favor from God. God favors us. Luke chapter 1 and verse 30, the angel came to Mary concerning the, the coming birth of Jesus. And he said to her, you have been favored by God. You have found favor with God. Okay, that's, that's the word grace, is favor. In Luke 2 and verse 40, it says that the child Jesus grew and waxed stronger and stronger in spirit, and the grace of God was upon him. That is, God's favor, of course, was upon his son, uh, Jesus. And the ideal of favor for us is that that the favor of God is available to us as sinners. The favor or grace of God, undeserved as it is, is available to us. In 2 Corinthians 8 and verse, verse 9, 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9, it says, to remember the grace of Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that through his poverty, we might become rich ourselves, spiritually rich, of course. And so first, when you think about grace being described, think about the simplicity of it. But also, as we think about grace being described, think about the beauty of it, the beauty of grace. In First Peter 4 and verse 10, First Peter 4 verse 10, Peter refers to the manifold grace of God. Now in your newer versions, you're probably going to see the word uh, variated or varied, the varied grace of God. It means, simply means that, that God's grace comes at us in a lot of different ways. God's grace spreads itself abroad. Okay. I like the word manifold there in the King James Version, 1 Peter 4 verse 10, because I think about taking a piece of paper and folding it up into a little bitty piece of paper and then unfolding it and you see all these squares on the piece of paper and that, that's the grace of God because God's grace comes at us in so many different uh, fashions. Let's look at a few of those. Ephesians chapter 2, 4 through 7. Ephesians 2 verse 4. Paul says that God is rich in mercy and He has great love for us. Okay. And then if you skip down to Ephesians 2 and verse 7, it says that God is rich in His grace and He is kind toward us. Kindness. So notice those triplets there associated with grace. The mercy of God, the kindness of God, and the love of God. In Romans 2 and verse 4, Paul mentions the riches of God's grace and he says God is rich in, in patience. God is rich in His goodness. God is rich in His kindness. God is rich in His forbearance. And all that ought to lead, lead us to uh, repent. We see here the beauty of God's grace. It, it is beautiful because it just spreads out. It's like, it's like looking at something that has multiple colors uh, in it. Like a... Like a a well-decorated Christmas tree, or when we go to the mountains during the fall season, we see a bunch of different colors like orange and yellow and green and white, and sometimes snow on the mountains. It's just a and blue skies and the sun peeping through. It's just it describes something just very beautiful, and that is really 
God's great God's grace. It is the manifold grace of God. Right there in First Peter, uh, chapter five and verse twelve. One of my favorite verses about about grace. Do you have a favorite verse about grace? First Peter five twelve refers to the God of all grace, who has called us to His eternal glory in Christ Jesus. I tell you. That's just one of my favorite ones. The God of all grace. You see, He's the God of all grace. Grace comes at us in a variety of ways. And it's just so beautiful uh, to, to think about. So we see grace described by its simplicity, but also by its beauty. But it's also described, what I would say, its sensitivity. God's a very emotional God. And he's emotional toward us. God in the Bible is pictured as a father and we are his children. Very sensitive toward us he is. Psalm 103.13 says that, that as a father is compassionate to his, to his children, so God is compassionate toward those who fear him. This love that God has for us is a very sensitive thing. From God's point of view, He loves us uh, dearly. But then also God is not just pictured as a father, He's pictured as a shepherd. And we know what a shepherd does for his, for his sheep. And if one of them is lost, or if one of them is hurt, He's going to help that, help that sheep. Isaiah 40 verse 11 pictures God as a shepherd who carries the lambs in His arms. And so the sensitivity of God's grace is, is brought to us. So God's grace is described in its simplicity and its beauty, but also its sensitivity. Sensitivity. We can go as far as to say that, that God, in a sense, is a husband and, and, and we're his spouse because 2 Corinthians 11, verse 2, Paul says, I, I have betrothed you to God, and he's a very jealous God. This doesn't mean that God is just an angry God. This means that, that as a good husband seeks to, to love and protect his wife, so God loves and protects us. And he doesn't want to see us follow anything else but him, anyone else but him, because he knows that's the very best for us. So God, God's grace is described to us in sensitive terms, the sensitivity of his grace. But then, this is the one that really impresses me. When I think about describing God's grace, the intensity of it. How much does God love us? This is, this is what we've been singing about. Who saved us from eternal loss? Okay. The, Jesus and his death saved us from eternal loss. This is the intensity of God's grace. You, you know well that John 3, 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's intensity uh, behind that. We read about this intensity in Hebrews uh, 2 and verse 9 where it says, Jesus, for the suffering of death and by the grace of God, he tasted death for every man. That's how intense God's grace is uh, toward us. Again, going back to the shepherd idea, but, but reading in Jesus' words in Matthew 18, 12, what happens if, if a... If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray, what's he going to do? He's going to lead those sheep and he's going to go into the mountains, he's going to go into the valleys, and he's going to search for that. He's going to go on a search for that, that lost sheep until he finds it. 
And when he finds it, he's going to rejoice more over that lost sheep than the 99 that did not go astray. You see how intense that is? The intensity of God's grace. I never did watch this movie all the way through, but I, I heard about it and I've seen clips of it. It goes back a few years. Sally Field, she started in a movie. She was, she, uh, I think the name of the movie um, was um, Not Without My Daughter. Not Without My Daughter. And uh, she ended up married to an American Iranian and they had a daughter and they're living in the States and her husband gets the idea, we need to go visit my family in Iran but his ultimate scheme was that once he gets them there, he was going to keep them there, at least keep his daughter there and raise her there under that, under those, under that religion with his family. And she wasn't going to have it, the wife, played by Sally Field. And the whole movie is about her struggle to get out of that uh, trap and get back home with her daughter, not without her daughter, but with her daughter. Very intense. And that... That reminds me of the intensity of God's grace. He means for us to be saved and he's gone to such lengths to see that happen. So first of all, this morning, God's grace described. described. Now in the second place, the letter A can stand for the word access. Access. God's grace accessed. Because... You know, we were reading just a moment ago about the riches of God's grace. It is, it is a treasure box, but how do we get into that treasure? How do we avail ourselves of that treasure? Well, there's access into uh, God's grace. Access just simply means having the, the freedom to receive something or having the, the freedom to, to enter into uh, a place. Access. As Titus chapter 2, uh, 10 and 11 says... The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. The grace of God is available for access to all men. But of course, this does not mean that every soul will be saved. It can't mean that. Jesus says in Matthew 7, uh, 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. So it's Jesus saying that. It's not me saying that or you saying that. Jesus is saying, not everyone. But potentially everyone, God's grace is available for access uh, to anyone, anyone who, who has the care, anyone who has the desire uh, to seek God, then that, that grace is available. Remember Jesus' words, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's the only way to be blessed by God's grace is to hunger and thirst after it. Later Jesus will say, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Those who care and those who seek can find access. But how do we obtain that access? So one statement here, Romans 5 verse 2. In your Bible, be sure, uh, you probably have it underlined already, but be sure you have it marked. Uh, Romans 5 verse 2. We have access into this grace through faith. Make sure you see that. We would be unfaithful if we did not emphasize this verse with this subject. Okay. So we obtain access into this grace through faith, Paul says in Romans 5, verse 2. 
And then we ask, because of our readings of the Bible, we have to ask, well, what type of faith is this? Okay, it has to be a full faith. Okay, because of the different teachings in our land, we have to emphasize, and we do emphasize, it's a full faith. Okay, first, it's a faith full of learning and understanding. Okay, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. It's, it's, it's a faith full of instruction and understanding. Titus 2, going back to Titus 2, 11 and 12, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us, it says there. Teaching us, it says there. Training us, you see. We have to be taught, we have to learn, we have to understand in order to gain access into uh, the grace of God. But then it has to be a faith not just full of learning and understanding, but also full of obeying, okay, full of obeying. In Romans 1 verse 5, Paul mentions the obedience of faith. And Paul will illustrate this many, many different ways in his writings. We have to find a way to just think about this in the time that we have uh, together, okay. So it's a faith full of obeying. Obeying. We might mention James 2, 17, that faith, faith without works is dead being by itself. So if we read of all of James 2, then you, that we'll, get that, we'll get that message really clear. That, that faith without works, faith without works of obedience is really just dead. And it's just all by itself. Okay. Let's see if we can do it this way. In other words, what are you saying? Okay. In other words, what are you saying? When we talk about faith being full of obedience, what do you say? Well, in other words, uh, we are saying that we're, we're doing a loving response to the love of God. Right? With grace and obedience, we're doing a loving response to the love of God. 1 John 4, 19-21 says, We love Him because He first loved us. That's what obedience is. Or, in other words... We are receiving the gift that God is um, sending our way. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1 warns not to receive the grace of God in vain. Okay. It's a warning, but there's also a teaching there. It means the grace of God has to be received. Don't receive it in vain. Be sure you're following the scriptures as you seek to receive it. Don't receive it in vain, but it has to be uh, received. So God is providing the gift and we are to receive it. That's what obedience means. Or it can mean like this. It can mean that God provides the water and we must drink. Isaiah 12 and verse 3 says that with joy we'll be able to draw water out of the wells of salvation. There are the wells of salvation and we draw water out of there. So God provides the water and we drink. Uh, in other words... We are saying that grace and obedience are companions. They're not enemies. They're not in opposition to each other. They are companions. One of the great places to do this and to look at this, as far as I, I love to mark my Bible. So it, it, it brings things to my memory that uh, sometimes um, I wouldn't otherwise remember. So look in your Bible to Hebrews 2 and verse 9. And then look in your Bible to Hebrews 5 and verse 9. 2, 9 and 5, 9. Okay. We mentioned 2 9, Hebrews 2 9 says that by the grace of God, Jesus tasted death for every man. Okay, that's grace. But then look at Hebrews 5 8 and 9. 
where it says, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered, being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all those who do what? Who obey him. Okay. So Hebrews 2.9, Hebrews 5.9 shows that grace and obedience are friends. They're companions. They're not, they're not enemies. It reminds me a little bit of what Jesus said to the woman at the well in John 4 verse 10. He says, if, if you knew who it was who was asking a drink from you, then you would give him water and he'll be able to give you a well of water springing up unto eternal life. You would ask him and he would give you this well of water springing up to eternal life. But she didn't know. So she didn't know to pursue. So first, first to access grace, we've got to have a, a faith full of learning and understanding. And then secondly, we've got to have a faith that's full of doing what God says do, obeying Him. Okay. So our first letter, D, for describing grace. And our second letter, A, which is access into uh, this grace. Our third letter then, is the word D or letter D again, which means demonstration. Demonstration. Grace demonstrated. Okay. Grace described. Grace accessed. And then grace demonstrated. And just, just, um, just a couple of examples from a couple of churches. Okay. Um, let's think about the church at Ephesus. The church at Ephesus. We can put this together with our, with our Bibles. And this is, again, I'm coming at this from the angle of if somebody asks us, you know, tell me some things about grace, then these are passages that are very easy to show and very on target as well. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace have you been saved through faith. This not of yourselves is the gift of God, uh, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, so you go in and you hone in on the word saved there. What, is, what does it mean to be saved? It means to, be, to have your sins forgiven. It means to have your sins uh, cleansed, washed away. Well, in the same book, same writer, the Apostle Paul, you look at Ephesians 5 and uh, 25 and 26. Okay? Uh, he, Ephesians 5, 25 says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for it. And then the next verse says, He sanctified it and cleansed it through the washing of water and the word. Okay. And so notice that there in Ephesians 2, we've got grace and faith. And then in Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, we've got Jesus' death and a person's baptism, which brings that cleansing. See. So this is, this is, this is the, the Apostle Paul describing how faith and grace works here uh, within the letter to the church at at Ephesus, and you can see it yourself. This is for us too. So put together Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 with Ephesians 5, 25 and, and 26. Well, what about the church on the island of Crete? That, that demonstrates it for us too. Titus chapter 3, Titus is doing his work, his gospel work on an island called Crete, and quite a bit of discussion about God's grace in the book of Titus, but looking down to chapter 3 this time, Chapter 3, beginning in verse uh, 3 and 4. 
We ourselves were once foolish, Titus 3 and verse 3, we were once foolish and disobedient and we were led astray, we were slaves to various types of passions and pleasures and we were passing our days in nothing but malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Boy, that's, that's bad. But verse 4, but when the goodness and kindness of God appeared, then that changed things. Notice verse five, 4, 5, 6, and 7 together. Okay. But when the grace of God appeared, He saved us. Not by our own works of righteousness. Notice there in Titus 3. Not by our own works of righteousness. But by His mercy He saved us through the washing. There's the water again. Through the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So there they were in Titus 3 verse 3. Just as dead in sin as it can be. But then a few verses later they're renewed by the Holy Spirit. They're, they're receiving this regeneration. How does this happen? through God's grace, but also our obedience, and that includes being washed in the waters of baptism. You see that. So see how grace being accessed is also grace, uh, we can see it being uh, demonstrated uh, for us. Let me show you one other spot. 1 Corinthians 1, just staying right there in 1 Corinthians 1. Notice this um, couple of verses that we can put together. For those of you who love to uh, see things in your own Bible and be able, be able to mark them and put them together, then this is very rich. Okay? For those who are just looking for a good speech, you may be ready for this to be over. But um, I just think that we need to see it in our own Bibles, especially with a subject as important as grace and, and salvation. So in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 4, Paul says, I give thanks to my God, my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus. How often Paul, at the very first of the letter, he will mention the grace of God. And he says, I'm thankful for the grace of God that has been given to you. Why can he, how can he say that? Because these are Christians in Corinth that he's writing to. They've gone through the very process that we have been uh, discussing. But look at uh, verse uh, 10, or rather verse 13, same chapter. Paul asked these questions. 1 Corinthians 1, 13. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of, of Paul? Of course you weren't. Christ was crucified for you. You were baptized in the name of Paul. But notice that that is mentioned there in connection with them receiving the grace of God back in verse we could go on and on like this. Literally, we could go another hour demonstrating how the grace of God is accessed. Okay. But to get us started talking about grace this morning, the initial conversation, we can see it described. We can see that it needs to be accessed, especially through learning and obedience. And then we can see illustrations of it. We can see demonstrations of how people come to Christ through the grace of God. I love this subject. It is the most inspiring subject that, that jumps at us, comes out to us uh, from the Scriptures. You can't hardly read a passage without running into the grace of God. It's hard for us to sing a song during worship without some reference to the kindness, love, mercy, or grace 
of God. Aren't you thankful? What about personally? And what about access? It's a treasure box of riches is the grace of God. But the Lord has also shown us through His mercy how to access those riches. And we invite you to come to Him this morning as we stand together, as we sing.